All right, we're recording, so. Hey. So welcome to uh, another episode of the podcast, and uh, my guest today is uh, is an old friend of mine. We go we go way back, and uh, and so uh, this is Dan Lamus. Dan uh, currently works at at King's Church, uh, but uh, but uh, we used to work together on, on some things from time to time, and uh, and so we'll uh, so welcome Dan. Why don't you just start out by giving us a little bit of your background and yeah you know, all right where you're from that kind of thing yeah well, it's really fun being with you i've been really looking forward to it so um yeah i grew up in a in a pastor's home springfield massachusetts home of the basketball hall of fame yeah there you go i was just there a few weeks ago <laughs> yeah so i was literally I, w- I was born in northern new york state uh but I, before i was even a year old my dad received this call to uh, go to springfield wesleyan church and uh, and so right from the beginning of my life, I lived there in Springfield, and I had a unique experience at the time. Uh, I was able to actually uh, be in the same city, living in the same place as a pastor's kid, all the way up through elementary school, middle school, high school. All Wait, that through, is pretty unusual. All the yeah. way through yeah. Th- yeah. through uh, the same school system, and uh, you know, I was I was the fourth of five kids, a very busy household. I grew up as a pastor's kid. Back in the t- back in the days, we didn't use the terminology, but it was basically like an inner city church. Right, it's a very urban church, so multi ethnic. In some ways, kind of ahead of its time as far as what people would uh, would be studying, you know, in the '90s and right. the, the early 2000s. Really interesting church. Um, grew up with all the typical kind of pastor's kids stuff going on. You know? <laughs> Did you have a lot of pastor's kid energy or were you, you know, fairly, uh, fairly normal? <laughs> I was, I thought, it, I thought it was pretty normal, okay. but, uh, but yeah, I just, by the time I was, you know, in going into middle school, very aware of the pressure that was on me and really just did the typical kind of, uh, I don't think I can take Jesus to school with me. Right. You know, and just began to live kind of that double standard life, you know, and didn't really have like a, an intimate relationship with Jesus until I was into my young adult years in Bible college. Okay. Landed here, here at what was Bethany Bible College back in the day. That's yeah. when I met you at the end of my Bible college career. Right. And the beginning of mine. In yeah. the beginning yeah, of yours. The yeah. beginning of mine. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but you know, I think, uh, where you and I really connected was landed. I landed here. I landed here in 1980, if you can believe it. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> really, saying in my first year of Bible college, God, uh, if you can't show me something that's real for me, and and if you can't show me how I can actually be myself in the midst of following you, I really, I'm just absolutely done. And I was so frustrated from what I had seen in my growing up years and my church. And you know how, hey, you know what? The, the enemy loves to twist a lot of things. I'm sure the church I grew up in was a great church. Right. But, you know, when you're a pastor's kid, you're, it's a very really Oh, well, you're seeing it from the inside out, right? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And so you, you just kind of think, yeah. man, like, this is, this is, like, this is a load of crap. Like, right, I just, right. you know, this is not real. Yeah. This is just religion. and. At the same time, you be, you know the gospel is true, 
and you know you can't afford to throw it all away because like your eternal destiny is hanging in the in the balance, right? And uh, I was in that whole mix, and but it just came down to God: Can I be me and follow you? Right. And in my first semester of Bible college, He just really got a hold of my heart, and I'll never forget those times in chapels where He He just said, "Yeah, you know, I know I love you for you, and I'm going to develop who you are in me." And I think it was probably four or five years later, I met you when you arrived as a, as a professor. Linda, my wife Linda, was we had just been married, and Linda was in her final year of Bible college here. Yeah. And I worked in, I was like the, the resident director of one of the dorms. Right, yeah. So yeah. You, were, you were living right on the front lines yeah, of exactly. the Bible college yeah. life for sure. Yeah. And I was brand new to everything. I was like, I had no clue what I was getting into. I was just like... Coming as an English teacher and and like not a lot of church background and and uh, so I was kind of like I was kind of looking for people that I could relate to and you're just a really relatable yeah. person so I think we well we you know connected on that it, people listening who know you well and a lot of them may know me but it would just be really fun for them to know my first encounter with you I was this dorm director. Okay, and you, I have no idea what this and, is. And, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it was a chapel service, and um, I have no idea what the preaching was, but I landed at the altar just having to settle some stuff, and you came and you, you sat down uh, next to the altar, and you just wanted to pray for me, and I had no idea what your story was, and you prayed for me uh, just whatever God was doing in my life that day, but that was the beginning of our friendship. right. And, it's, and then the crazy thing is, like, I have absolutely zero memory of that whatsoever. Yeah. But isn't that the way that that usually works? Where you're yeah, like, it is. you know, like, yeah. kind of, yeah. But I remember <laughs> at, from that point on, I was like, we both realized we, we were at a very similar place in what God was trying to, to teach us. And then you and I just had this exchange back and forth of reading books together and sharing, like, things God was teaching us about prayer and about. You know, how really, honestly, how how a real live relationship with Jesus in our times, what it could actually look like and how we could shed the baggage. Like, because I think I think something we had in common is we both wanted a walking with Jesus and seeing that walked out in everyday life that that wasn't a sham and wasn't pretend. Yeah, I've always been fairly allergic to religion. Like even like so <laughs> yes. I, I was like a yes. sponge. I was like soaking everything in but very aware that there there's some things I want to grab a hold of and other things that you know I just, just can't let not. go. Yeah. 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 And I was I was in a very similar place. And so I remember remember us digging a lot to a lot of the same kind of books and authors and so on. Um Yeah, Watchman Nee. Yeah. And, you know, like all of the, <laughs> all of the mystical, mystical exactly. writers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then we started finding out that not everybody was excited about those <laughs> authors as we were, but that didn't stop us. We just kept going. Right, right. Um, but there's one more thing I wanted to say that that was such a cool memory for me when I was thinking about coming to do this podcast is, I remember the day sitting down over coffee at McDonald's, and here in Sussex, and you said to me, now this was like 1987, right, right, something like that. And you said to me, you know what? I think God might be calling me to preach. And you were like, it was like this brand new, like, right. I've never preached anywhere before, but I think God might be calling me to preach. And I was like, wow, I'll pray with you about that. And then within like a week, you had your first invitation to come and preach somewhere. 
Yeah, and it, yeah, I've been to a few places since then, right? So, well, and yeah, then it went from there to, yeah. but I'm an English teacher. What right. am I going to do? And then right. it, from there, it was like, I think he's calling me to the nations. And then you started going on mission trips and all this stuff. And anyway, it's I just, it's, it's a neat memory. And you and I have always walked really closely in that. God's always been doing a similar thing in us. A lot of mission experiences and yeah. especially inner city stuff. Yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of trips to New York and. And uh, that kind of stuff. I was tell- I was actually telling my, I was I was speaking to a class the other day, and I was talking about, I was talking about how it's like really, it's really wise to, to work with people who have the same heart but different giftings, uh, you know. And, yes. and I was using the, yeah. I was using the illustration of of how you and I did a lot of trips together, where I'd be I'd be kind of like up the front going, let's charge hell with a water pistol. Yes. And you'd be coming along making sure everybody was okay because you're like <laughs> such a counselor. And I'm so not a counselor. But how those two things work together. But really, I also wanted really to charge well. with I right, want, right. I wanted to be on yeah. the front line of that yeah. charge. I just want to make sure everybody else. Yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. Just like same heart, different, but different <laughs> gifts and ways of expressing it. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that kind of that kind of thing. So it's cool. And and it's uh just to affirm what you were saying about you know that first semester of but like that is still actually going on uh, today. I just had like some conversations this week uh, with with students who were like who were like yeah when I when I first got here in September it was kind of a make or break deal for me and mm. and you know God really God's really gotten a hold of me this semester and so that that uh, you know no matter how many years ago that was that's still like an ongoing kind of pattern here. Oh so, man, yeah. that's wild. <laughs> <laughs> that's wild that God's still like that's still the way it works yeah. for yeah. like literally like millions of people probably right. around the world like yeah. I was just about done yeah yeah it was it was a make or break <laughs> thing man I was either in or I was out so. it's, it's almost like God's standing back going yep he's almost ready <laughs> right. like, like right. we think we're surprising God with this right that's right. it God yeah. it's either today or I'm done right God's like Oh, finally! <laughs> God, <laughs> God is like, God is like, oh, you want to take me on? I'll show you yeah, what I've got. Now we right, can yeah. get somewhere. This yeah, is right, good. So, right. yeah, yeah. So all of you out there who think you're just about done, get ready because God's got an appointment for you. There you go. That's that's the way it works. So, so talk a little bit about, uh, like, so you're like you're in a you're you're the one of the most Canadian Americans I know, Dan. Which I mean, <laughs> and I mean that as a compliment. But like you, you've literally like spent. Uh, like a lot of your a lot of your adult ministry like in the maritimes yeah, uh, yeah. even though you are from the US and typically people come from the US they stay a little bit and then they kind of get they kind of get antsy for the US again yeah. and they and yeah. they, so like what uh, I I know Linda was one of the things that kept you here oh, yes. cuz she's that, a, she's yeah. a maritimer yeah. but yeah. but like kind of bigger picture what is it about mm. like this area mm. you think that has kind of kept you here Oh man you know, that is a great question Mike I love that question uh I I actually was a high school student in my hometown in in Springfield Mass feeling like feeling like honestly Life was overwhelming me in a lot of ways, just personality-wise. And I like I, Springfield was a very, uh, it was a pretty tense situation. It's kind of a rough town, eh? and, yeah, 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 yeah. And it, and it was a time in history when there was a lot of they're trying to integrate schools, like the bu- the whole busing thing, yeah, all, all, that, all that, yeah. Like fights seems like every day, or at least rumors of fights every day, and they're all race, all racially right. involved, and. 
just ah, oh, it was a very frightening place for me, personality-wise. And um, and then I uh, so one weekend this team arrived uh, to do like a it was like a music drama team from Bethany Bible College, and it instantly I just felt so attracted to these people. They were from New Brunswick, Canada. I had never heard of New Brunswick, Canada before. <laughs> and everybody thinks New Brunswick is in New Jersey, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but you know, to make a long story short connecting with those people and then meeting some of them again at my summer camp and getting to know them. I just felt so at home with these students from this Bible college. I was like begging my parents, I have to go there to school. So they sent me and, um, and so I landed here and studied here and just really felt like this was home for me. Like, and I just never really felt a drawing to, to leave here. And in the midst of all of that, over some years, there were definite encounter moments where God was saying, like, I've put this place in your heart. Like, I've, I've, I've in a sense, I've, I've been, like, marrying you to this place. Like, I've felt part of Atlantic Canada, even from those early years at Bible College. And so, you know, I've got, I've got an interesting relational story with what is King's Church now? It used to be King's Valley Wesleyan Church. Yeah. But I was the first a, staff a long, pastor. a long history yeah, there as well. Yeah, like it was planted in 1982. In 83, I was, I was brought on as their first staff pastor with the, with the founding pastor, Fred Witte. And I remember sitting in the car with him in 1983, feeling like this was such an appointment from God. Like, I'm calling you to give your life to this place. And... Uh, it's just it's just always been with me, and so I've never been able to leave. And yeah. the the way I, I, I know that feeling, Dan. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I I've tried you. on several occasions, <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, the Lord has pulled me back. That, so, that's yeah. that's yeah. so my story yeah. too, Mike. Like it, there was lots of opportunities to go, but it just never. I could never. It just never was felt right with God for me to do that, and. And at times it was God saying, you can go, but you're going to miss out on what, right, what yeah. I'm going to do here. And I, I feel like that's important, even for our conversation today. I do believe, without my, without my realizing it, all these decades have passed. And I've been involved in so many things in prayer and revival and youth ministry and all these different things in Atlantic Canada. I didn't realize I was building a, like a, like that I was like, driving down roots that God was going to be able to use. Right. But now I'm living in this zone of, God, you keep opening up doors for me to have influence and have say and inspire prayer and revival. And be, and because of the time and the, you know, the commitment of just being here and developing, you know, my family's grown up here and people know my kids. And, and of course, you know, Linda and I have always been a team together. God's opened up this beautiful influence we can have at this point where we can, I just, it feels like there's a trust, you know, and people are willing to hear what I have to say built on the years. And I'm like, wow, yeah. I didn't even intentionally build that. Right. No, it was just like one Lego piece at a time. You didn't realize you're yeah. building a foundation, yeah. right? But, and suddenly yeah. you're a voice yeah. that God can use that feels trustworthy to people. And I, that's like a sacred trust to me. I didn't know that's what I was building. Right. And yet... God's like, well, yeah, I, I really want to use that. And so now I'm in this zone where I'm like, this is beautiful, God. Um, and it's fun to be able to say to people, if there's nothing else you could learn from my life, you can 
have God promise you something and 40 years later you're right. seeing it unfold. Right. Like right. that is possible. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I didn't do that. I wouldn't <laughs> right. have even asked God for that. And well, yeah. And there's something about it. that's happened before in the Bible. That 40 year period oh, yeah. there, right? Like yeah. so. It's yeah. But you know what I'm yeah. saying? Though? Yeah. Like yeah. there's things that like you. There's a lot of things you know you're strategically doing, and you're thankful when God moves through those things. But then there's the sovereign story He's telling. Right. Which is better than yours. Right. Yeah, it's, all, he, it's always better. And than he yours, wakes yeah. you up to that at one moment, and you're like, "Oh, oh my God! Like yeah, you're, yeah. you've done something I never could have orchestrated." Yeah, right. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for longevity. So, so yeah, it's yeah. it's cool. Yeah, so we've we've gone from being like the young the young whippersnappers to like the old guys in the room. Yes. Uh, and there's, yeah, and, and I guess you just got to roll with each role, right? Yeah. Like with each each role you're supposed to play. Uh, yeah. In some ways, I feel like, you know, I kind of woke up one day and I was like, oh, man, like, I've been going so fast for so long. Like, how did it end up here? Yeah, like, yeah. Well, so now, so now I'm working with a team at King's Church right? who, except for a few of us, pretty much the high percentage of the team are at least 20 years younger than I am. Right. You know, and then younger right. than that. And so it's a, I love working with Pastor Brent Ingersoll. A lot of people would know him. Uh, and then also with Anthony Moore and yeah. Andy Broad. These are names that that people would know around. But uh, we work together as a, as a lead team. In my, in my area is prayer and pastoral care, but mostly prayer. Yeah. yeah. So talk a little bit about that. Like, what, what, is that, what does that look like? Um, I know, like, prayer and revival has always been something that has kind of been on your heart. Uh, yeah. Way back in, I think it was... Back in the 90s, uh, we did <laughs> Revival Town, if anybody yes. uh, yeah. remembers those, we, which was literally just run on a shoestring. It was just like, yep. hey, uh, let's just get, let's just rent an auditorium and yes. uh, invite as many people as want to come and, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do worship and we'll pray for a revival. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, like uh, and those were people showed up. Yeah, yeah, or something, like, the first. Five, yeah, five. I, I was like, I was like, man, we got to take an offering. I hope I have enough money to pay for this building because I was just kind of underwriting it myself. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, I looked out. I remember peeking out. You and I and Andrew Weekston looking out through the curtain, going yeah. like, "Hey, it's a full house out there. Look, we're going to be okay." So. Yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> and you know, I it's such a funny memory. Uh, we we did that one rally called it Revival Town. It's like, yeah, that yeah. was great. Yeah. We were all set to go home and do our thing. Yeah. And remember the youth pastors coming to us yeah. afterwards saying, so when's the next one? Right. <laughs> we're, we're, like, like, we're just picking well, dates out of the air. Like, like, we yeah. have to do this again? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know. Yeah, yeah it, had, it had a good, it had it a good did, run. Yeah, it had a good it's, run. It served its purpose. It did, but, yeah, uh, yeah. So anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, no. So like, so just tell us a little bit about like what, what, uh, like basically being the pastor of prayer looks like at, yeah. at King's Church. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, we we sat down uh, several years ago and carved out ten core values. We just call them code of the code right. of Kings. And one of those one of those is concerning prayer. And so, what what we say is that we're we're a um, uh, how's it now now I've, I've <laughs> yeah, you got a quote right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, so we're prayerfully faith-filled. That's our right. that's our value. But what we're saying about that is that in life and death, we are praying people of active, relentless, audacious faith in God. 
And so we, we carved that out and said, yeah, we feel like that really expresses what we're all about. But, but we, we, truly, we truly aspire to be a praying church, like actively, and not just praying devotionally or praying to shape us, which prayer does that, but we want to be active, relentless, and audacious in our faith with that. So we want to pray big prayers, expect big things from a big God. Yeah. And we know that we know in a certain way that's going to wreck us. We know that's going to not. It's not going to be an easy road to right. do that. It could be messy. Yeah. 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 So what? What's really fun for me, Mike, is is I've like I served. I've served with Kings Valley Kings Church, really for for decades in different roles: youth pastor, community life pastor, custodian at one right, point, right, right. Um, <laughs> associate pastor. <laughs> And, you know, so a lot of different roles, but all the way through that, I've, I've, I felt like, like I always felt like a fit on the team, but I always felt like I was way more passionate about prayer and revival in some ways than the rest of the team. Right. It's like, could you please just get some work done? Right. All you want to do is pray and talk about revival right, right. and worship, you know? <laughs> and, and, and that was very frustrating for me for really for, for a few decades. And along came Pastor Brent who actually invited everything that I represent, invited me on the team to say, everything you're about, could you just please come and just be yourself? Right. And like, it's always the best job when somebody like hires you to be yourself. Be yourself. Like, and, it's, and, and so job, Brent yeah. just gave me a huge <laughs> gift-wrapped blessing right there. Right. And that's really what I've been doing for the last 10 years. And so I have all this freedom and more like to to be about prayer and and those things. So we we it's taken on all the iterations. You know the Wednesday night prayer meetings, all those right, different right. prayer rallies and so on. But but really, uh, what we we I would say it this way, Mike, we believe that a huge priority in prayer is listening. Like we believe we need to gather people as many as we can, as often as we can to get together in a place and say, God, we need you to speak to us and we need to not pray out of what we want. Like we truly believe this is a, that the move of God that, that is rising up in Canada and probably around the world is, it's time to truly listen to God. So we don't, we don't approach prayer from a place of telling God what we want. We approach it from God speak to us. And when we pray out of that, and so along with prayer would be that we really have a strong emphasis on prophetic ministry, believing right. that God does speak to the church, that church is built of people, and so God speaks to people. So if God's speaking to people, we need to learn how to hear him and how to say what he's telling us. So that's prophetic ministry. Right, <laughs> right. You know, for us, right? And so being prophetic in our praying is also huge. Right. So we, we put a high value on what are people receiving in dreams? What are people hearing in their devotional times? Yeah. Which isn't typical Wesleyan no, that's right. church kind of stuff. It's that's, more... That's yeah, right. Yeah. And again, Brent really kind of opened the door and created a platform for those things to happen and invited what I was wanting. You know, I, I wanted that kind of experience right. pastoring a church. He opened the door for me to do that. So we have a community at King's Church... That's really developing, um, and we're building forums around that the best we can to try to nurture it. But we want everybody from the 
the Christian who feels like they're not great at all in hearing from God or being prophetic or anything, like, we, want, we want them, so the person who's seasoned, to be able to come together and be, be a body of people who, who, who really do know how to hear from God, how to share it in a, in a healthy way. You know, we live in the New Testament right. where, where prophetic ministry doesn't mean the only way we're going to hear from the hear from the Lord is if a prophet shows up. Right. Like we know we're living in a time where, where the Holy Spirit has been poured out on all people. Everyone can hear God if they're a believer. Uh, we feel like, like, um, just because someone gets a word from the Lord doesn't mean that it's infallible or that it's right. something we right. all have to act on. Yeah, there's some room there's a there, processing yeah. Yeah. it. So. That's very much mixed into what prayer is at King's Church, and so I'm I'm responsible for overseeing, developing, creative ways we can gather uh, to keep nurturing the life of prayer in our in our church. Yeah, and I think when like with big churches, sometimes uh, like people can walk in and they get this like superficial kind of impression, and so. So I, I don't think people realize like how essential some of the spiritual disciplines are, mm. like in the life of kings. Like right. I, um, I spoke at kings in September, and that typically when I go to speak somewhere, there'll be like you know everybody's getting ready, and then there'll be this just this like really short like Lord bless us kind of prayer before the right. service. Yeah. Uh, at kings, it was like meet downstairs. Uh, and a full like forty five minutes right. of people hearing from the Lord, praying. Like yeah. it, it felt like a very real intense time, and I think that I think that played itself out in the service later. Mm. And and I don't. I, I think sometimes people get distracted by the lights and the quality of the music right. and all that, and it's like all of that is good and it's important, but they need to realize that like undergirding all of that. There, there's some like real spiritual stuff going on. Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and it's not yeah. just about. It's not about. Sometimes people just copy the surface things, mm -hmm. and they don't realize like what's really driving this church is is much deeper than that. Right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, it's kind of simplistic, and yet it's really important. It's just that that three word prayer. You know, come Holy Spirit. You know, like that's. That's so important to what happens on a given Sunday, you know? So usually when we get together for pre-service prayer, which is like, yeah, it's like 45 minutes before the service, it's, that's where we want to start. Right. Like, God, we've got all these things. Like, that that's are, where the service starts. Like, there's right? all yeah, this yeah. stuff that's on our mind that we've got to attend to, but we want to stop right now and say, come Holy Spirit, meet with us right now in this room. We want to spend some time with you. We want to commit all this to you. And let you have your way. And so, of course, there's all the things. We want to be excellent and do our best to be great communicators and all of that. I wanted to mention to you something else that's super important is Brent really went after the, the idea of, you know, of course, you know, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher, right. kind of apest thing, right? Out of Ephesians 4, I think it is. Right. Yeah. And so he, Brent has very strong apostolic giftings, like just... You know, he's he's the guy that that is just gonna get after it and we're just gonna get stuff done. Right. What's the smartest way to do it? He's just gonna relentlessly go after that. Well he's gathered myself and Anthony around him to be prophetic people. So kind of the apostle and the prophet working together. Right. As being 
the reason why King's Church would be successful. Of course, there's three other roles too, which are right, important: right. evangelist, shepherd, and teacher. Right. But in a unique way, he has insisted that King's Church is going to move forward on that model. Like he can't do his job unless he's got prophets around him. Right. So. He's disciplining himself to say, I'm going to move ahead, but I'm going to move ahead because the voice of the Lord is with me in this. So I always want to defer to, to that, like he does. And so our prayer, I think our prayer ministry tends to reflect that. Like, yeah, we want to do, we want to explore every creative idea we can. We want to go for broke on it, but not outside of prayer. Right, like, right. Like if we're not inviting God to be in the midst of it, and if we don't have a sense that he's speaking in the middle of it, we're not going to continue with that. Or you know, right. We can't feel great about that event or that thing if we don't sense that the presence of God is there. And yeah, so, so what are, what would be like if you if you had to pinpoint just some things out of the, out of this year? Like what would have been some major like answers to prayer that that you guys have experienced? Like yeah. where where you where you're like kind of like wow God directly answered our prayer yeah. there yeah really in the in the area of healing especially like we've um, we uh, just recently had uh, we had a Sunday that was dedicated as a healing service Sunday which again is a pretty unusual thing uh, not not in some circles but right but for us to to pinpoint like a specific service as a healing service would be. Yeah, a little out of the wheelhouse, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it's true. Um, it's true, and it's and it's, but it's not a one-off thing. It's right. Right. Yeah. It's part of the culture. Know, definitely, yeah, we've yeah. gone after yeah. it. So it's kind of a progression from, you know, we want the Holy Spirit front and center of what we're of what we're doing. Well, that really involves being baptized with the Holy Spirit, which you got to get you got to get a solid idea of what are we willing to let that look like in order to move forward. So we had a whole series back in the beginning of the summer on being baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we had to, you know, get the controversial stuff out in the open right, and right. say, yeah. you know what, we're, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to discuss this enough and get everything out on the table enough to say, well, here's what's allowable and we don't know how this is all going to go, but this is what God, this is what the Holy Spirit could do if he lands on you. Right. So you guys don't be surprised if these kinds of things happen. Right. Let's go for it. We had a month of just really going for being filled and a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. And a lot of people were really ministered to in a variety of ways. But then we felt the natural progression coming into this fall, as we were teaching through Matthew, was to take Matthew 9, where there were several people, several instances of healing throughout that chapter, to just open it up and say, hey, we want people to come receive healing. So we had our prayer ministry teams there. And we asked for words of knowledge in advance. We had a whole list of things we right. felt uh, between our staff and our prayer team. What do we feel like God's highlighting that he wants to touch this weekend? So again, that's, that's risky too. But we have a real commitment in the atmosphere uh, at King's Church to say uh, we'd rather people speak out loud what they believe God is saying, even if they miss it. Right. At times, we feel like there's going to be a lot more chances that they're going to hit it. Right. And we're going to see, wow, God said he was going to do that, and look, he did right. it. Right. You know, and it, and, it, and it stirs up people's faith if they're showing up in the room, and God has shown someone on their prayer team, God wants to touch hands that are arthritic or whatever, and they're there, and they say, oh, well, that's me. I'll come, come forward for prayer. We did some of that. Anyway, all that to say... 
people's we had we had many many people had their hands actually healed we had arthritic uh, conditions actually healed pain instantly leaving people's hands we had people who um, whose knuckles were swelled up and their hands were disfigured actually come back the next week and be able to show that their hands looked looked completely normal and there was no pain and so we saw arthritis dealt with um, we this was a big one we've We've been there's someone we've been praying with regularly to uh, as they battle uh, with cancer and mm-hmm. just been a recent diagnosis kind of thing and and uh, they have been going through chemo but they've seen a significant uh, shrinkage of a tumor uh, in one of their organs in their body and we just really attribute that to God's hand moving on them you know uh, we've seen we saw uh, people test a lot of people testifying of of pain leaving them. Uh, we saw a person um, who who has like chronically has migraines daily come, and she's a, a new believer. She was baptized. Yeah, which is really debilitating, right? Yeah, in a person's and, life. And yeah. so she was baptized a couple of months ago, not even a couple, actually, in November. Um, and she's new to the faith, and she uh, she was. I'm trying to remember how this all unfolded. She was sitting in the service and. She was in our nine o'clock service. She was going to be serving in kids ministry at the eleven o'clock. In the nine o'clock, she was sitting there and she heard Pastor Brent say, "The Lord has shown us that He wants to touch migraines. He wants to so come forward for prayer." And she came forward for prayer. And as somebody was praying for her, she began to sense like a coolness in her skull, almost like a numb. What she said, <laughs> she called it like a. A minty, okay. cool minty, <laughs> right. menthol feeling in her. I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> but she was describing this, and it was like a, it was like a bit of a numbness, and then all of the pain left, and she was in no pain, which she would normally have from migraines. It kind of was in her jaw all the way through, and the pain left her during that prayer time, and that was a brand new experience for her, and she was able to go. And share that with with the kids, and the, she was also the one like leading the rally in the kids ministry right, area. Right, right. So she's able to testify to the kids exactly what happened. Right. And after a week, the pain hadn't returned. Like she hadn't experienced any migraines. Yeah, that's like, awesome. Like those those healing miracles, huge answers to prayer. And you know, I should have come with a list, Mike, but <laughs> but, but but just if there, just on a regular basis, there are. Um, you know, uncanny things that that are happening, um, impossible things shifting around. Um, I think I feel even just the the level of fruitfulness that we're seeing with people uh, coming to the Lord. We were able to baptize 31 people the mm-hmm. first weekend in November. Uh, that wasn't just through evangelistic efforts. That would be like a direct result of what happened back in June with the emphasis right, right. on the Holy Spirit and. And we, we do run Alpha on a regular basis, but the fruitfulness, we direct, definitely would attribute that to prayer, like what, what we contend for in prayer. Like we, we decided when we knew this fall we were going to be doing a lot of evangelistic things, we said, okay, we're going to dedicate every Wednesday night to each one of those major events. Right. And we're going to, we're going to contend for God to move at those events. And we know that that's the reason why those things were so effective. Harvest Conference was one of those in our yeah. Alpha program. Different. Yeah. So I think fruitfulness, I would say, has come as a result of prayer and those healings. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 awesome. It's very, uh, 
it's all, I think it's just really encouraging uh, to, to, to hear God answering prayer and moving and uh, to see momentum, I guess, again, because there's so much bad news about the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of doom and gloom and, and uh, you know, reports of churches closing or you know, numbers mm-hmm. going down and all those things. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's, it's always good to hear about, uh, about uh, that God is still moving, God's, God's mm-hmm. active, He's mm-hmm. doing things, and yeah. if we're open to Him, yeah. uh, he, will, he will work. Yeah, I want to make sure I want to mention this to you, Mike, because I was thinking of this earlier today. I, from me, from me, we're talking about revival right. and prayer, and like, I really, something I'm believing for and going after is, I feel like this is such a huge time, a huge, it's a time where there's a huge priority for the church to listen to God again. So, I, so yes, I do believe we need to see a resurgence of prayer, but the priority of listening to God in prayer as opposed to the going and right. telling God what I want right. and to see those things happen, but actually listening because I feel like um, I feel like the last two or three years have been a major God just putting everybody on pause. Yeah. You know, not that, sure. I'm not yeah. saying God caused. Right. I'm so tired of saying the word. Right. What happened in the last three <laughs> the, words? The C word. The thing. <laughs> but I, what I am saying is, in a sovereign way, God, sh- God allowed the whole world to really shut down right. for a time. And I feel like it's an opportunity to pause. And coming out of that, I really believe that he's saying to the church, it's time for you to listen in prayer more than ever before. Because I, I feel like we're going to see a time in the church where... People will be saying it's far more important what God is saying to our church than even what our pastor is saying to our church. Right. And pastors will actually be buying into that. Like, I really feel like we're going to see a time in the church where more and more pastors are going to be saying, I'm ready to speak today, but it's far more important what God is saying to our church and that we're in tune with that than what I'm saying to you. And there'll be a marking that down, and there'll be a actually like embracing. We know this is what God is saying to us, and we're moving forward on that. Which you know that's going to necessitate prayer, more prayer, right? Because once you hear God say something in prayer, then you have to pray it into reality. Like you don't step out of the place of prayer, right? So I don't know for me, King's Church is really buying. They, we've bought into that. We've said, okay, whatever success we're having, it's because. We're listening. That's what we want. We believe we're seeing more of that. But God's training us in a big way to even go further than that. Yeah, if that and, makes sense. Yeah, and and as like as I get older, um, like prayer is prayer is a lot less about like a a, a set aside kind of check off the box devotional time. It's more mm-hmm. of like an I feel like it's more like an ongoing conversation with Absolutely. God all day long, yep. right? And I think yep. I think that uh, I think that's really resonating with people right now. I just that idea that, very much, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for a long time, when I would hear that verse, uh, "Everything you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through Him," you know that verse. I think it's yeah. in Colossians. I used to, I used to read that verse like it was a test, right. Look back on your day and see if you did everything right. to a certain level, like in the name of the Lord Jesus. I've come to realize that's actually like that's actually like a blessing. Like you get to do everything 
in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. But that's prayer. Like It's like letting any ordinary thing be soaked with prayer. Right. So there really isn't a place that you can't pray. But that changes prayer for you, though. Yeah. Like, you can't pray formally everywhere you are. Right. But, but you can realize, wow, like, I'm actually, my life's a prayer. You know, my life, what I'm doing is, is, is prayer's breathing, I, I think. Um, but. Hey, yeah. that, that <laughs> you know, I was going to ask you for a big wise statement at the end. <laughs> But I, th I think that might have been it. That prayer is so breathing. we got yeah, prayers. <laughs> prayers when prayer when prayer is breathing, that's when yeah, we're at the yeah, place yeah. we should be, yeah. right? So well, you know, and, and I know we got to close. Yeah. But let me just say this. Yeah. At this point in my life, I would say this is the most important thing I know right now. Right. Prayer partners earth with heaven. So these days, I do see my that prayer is breathing, in the everyday, but I see that. Jesus invited us to pray, let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Prayer is earth saying, yeah, we're in. And it's instead of, so I like to keep it in that order. Prayer is actually, heaven's already invited us. Right. Prayer is saying, I'm in, I'm partnering with heaven today. And that has to be moment by moment. It can't be, I can't pray a prayer right now that's going to cover me till midnight. Today. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, thanks for taking the time to do that. It's always always fun to hang out with you, Dan. And, uh, and conversations with me are like going on a hike. Right? <laughs> so have, like have a, mercy on me, everybody. A spiritual. We hike. just we just kind of went on. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the camera off now. <laughs> no, that was that was great. Okay.